What's up, guys? It's Nick from Back to the Past, the Alternate History Podcast. I'm here with Rohan and Tej, and today we got another interesting scenario for you. What if Sweden won the Great Northern War? Here's Rohan with some necessary information. So Sweden during the time, which was the early 18th century, was a big power in European affairs. So the Great Northern War, or the Second Northern War, occurred from 1700 to 1721, and it was a conflict within Sweden, Russia, Denmark, Norway, and the Polish-Lithuania Commonwealth. At the end of the day, the war resulted in the decline of Swedish influence, and essentially the Swedish Empire falling over the years, while Russia, meanwhile, emerged as a major power in the region. So this war, essentially, replaced the Swedish Empire as one of the great European powers with the Russian Empire. So how did this war start exactly? Why was this coalition formed against Sweden? Well, Sweden's recent expansion to the Baltic Sea coastlands during the previous few centuries had antagonized its neighbors. For example, Russia's access to the Baltic was blocked by Swedish-held provinces in Estonia, Karla, Ingria, and Livonia. And Denmark-Norway also result, um, resented its loss of Sweden because Sweden had taken some provinces for the Norway sector. So at the end of the day, Sweden essentially started this by themselves because they were getting everyone mad. Now let's talk about the king, Charles XII. So in 1697, he became the king, but he was only 14 years old because his father had died then. And this actually was what started this coalition because... Denmark, Norway is like, oh, there's a weak leader now in Sweden. We can take advantage of this. And so they decided to organize an anti-Swedish coalition. And so they unite Poland and Russia. And that's when the war happens. So Sweden eventually pushed its attackers back to status quo. And they could have pushed for status quo peace. But instead, Charles XII was overconfident. And he felt he could actually gain land out of this war. So what he wanted to do instead was he wanted to assert Swedish dominance in Russia. He wanted to take land from Russia straight up. But of course, attacking Russia is really difficult because, well, the Russians, they like to do a policy called scorched earth, which essentially means they destroy bridges, infrastructure, farms. So the um, Swedish armies can't plunder from the local Russian farms. So they're forced to march down south instead of heading straight for St. Petersburg and Moscow. And now... That essentially spelled defeat for the war. But now, let's move on to the scenario. The scenario being, what if Sweden won the war instead of the Russians? So honestly, I think you kind of left out really one big important detail, and that's Tsar Peter I of Russia. Because Tsar Peter I of Russia is basically the man who founded modern-day Russia. You, if there is no Tsar Peter I, Russia would look entirely different. So first off, let's talk about his... Uh, his quote-unquote naval expertise. He went. To, he actually toured Europe. I forgot what it was called. Exactly, but what the exact name was it? Basically, Peter toured all of Europe in order to learn, like new modern European fashion, and specifically, he I think he learned like shipbuilding from the Dutch. I believe it was actually, as a matter of fact, and that he, honestly, Peter the Great was the father of Russia. And that during this time period, you're also leaving out the fact that Russia was just not as not, was not Russia like we know today. Not even Russia. Not even the Russia that Napoleon fought. Russia was definitely more of a. Is more of a, is a literal feudalistic society. It was still stuck in the Middle Ages. So I think you're leaving out that key important part there. But otherwise, though, I feel like Peter, the, I feel like we only have to change one single battle in order to get the result we want. And that's Poltava. 
for sure. Poltava is the, really the, what we need to change, and I think otherwise everything else will fall into line the way we want it. I I agree. I agree. I know I say this phrase a lot, guys. I agree because like if to have like a realistic alternate scenario, you can't change the winter of seventeen oh nine, which like really, 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 really affected the Swedens. Like it killed like almost half of their army. So like the yeah, the only way is like after the winter of seventeen oh nine is if Sweden's win the battle of Polotava. So Sweden has won the Great Northern War, and this is a big blow to Russia. We might not see a modern-day Russia like we have today, but let's move back to Sweden. Sweden has just gained a huge chunk of territory from um, Russia, and now they own a majority of Norway and Denmark under puppet states. I think, personally, Sweden is going to use these puppet states, and they're eventually going to form a unified Scandinavia, which will... Already Sweden's a, fo a foe to be dealt with, but now a unified Scandinavia is even more. Because Scandinavia during this time, Scandinavia in general, despite being very population, not very dense in population, it's really resource rich. And during those times, wars were not fought with a lot of men like we have in modern day. So Sweden was obviously not really hurt by this. But anyway, going back now... Sweden has all of Scandinavia, and now their biggest foe would probably be the British Empire in European in Europe. Because Disagree France with you right there. Disagree with you right there. Be the Austrians. The British would pose no threat to continental Europe. It'd be rather the Austrians. Why, also, I may I add on, no, also, may I add on to what you were saying? And you were right, you're right about that. It was fought. It was actually fought more with military tech during the time, as a matter of fact. It still is too. But like, for example, if you look at the what is it? The, what was the war called? The Armenians versus Sioux, the Azerbaijanians. They won through. They've literally fought through drone warfare early. That's an example of how military tech really does affect, and the, how military tech really does affect how war pro progresses. Like you said, though, like a hundred years ago in the 1920s, we saw infantry going in, early tanks early aircraft and now we have literal robots doing doing airstrikes but, you know i'm just trying to enhance your point there rohan yeah, yeah no i got you so before we go move to your austria point my point with the british empire is that obviously scandinavia and britain are pretty close so like their naval they might navally contest each other but you want to go on to your austria point so the reason why i said specifically austria is because of the fact is that you're gonna to have to look in terms of like the because at the at the time period like what how why would Britain want to threaten Scandinavia what like what why would Scandinavia threaten Britain because number one Britain's an island what the f are they gonna do and Austria is literally right there and they also as you know Austria was kind of eventually gets Galicia over time through uh the partitioning of Poland Lithuania and and I I don't know if you mentioned this before but I believe Poland Lithuania is also gonna be like either a a Swedish puppet or b it's gonna be a Swedish ally yeah I I think I forgot to mention that but yeah. You know, they're going to be a Swedish puppet, for sure. But the, you have to also look at the fact that if you see like a weaker country next year, like Poland, Lithuania under Sweden, you also have to look at the fact that, that Stockholm is how many, about a thousand kilometers, I don't know how exactly how far, but I'm going to guess a thousand kilometers, I'm just going to throw out a random guess out here. It's about a thousand kilometers away. And I'm pretty sure in 1700s Europe, I'm pretty sure a thousand kilometers is not that easy to travel. Even modern day, it takes a few days to get a thousand kilometers if we're not including air airplane. Which I mean, I guess never mind. Between London sense. and Stockholm. No, between the between Aus between Austria and Pol going to, to Poland, because I'm talking about my Austria point. 
And number two, I believe that Britain actually would probably be, be more aligned with Scandinavia because if we were to talk about wars coming up, for example, we have the Austrian succession, for example, because France and Austria, Prussia and, and uh, Britain, that's how Prussia got Celestia off of Austria, as a matter of fact, because the this is this should be our next point, moving on to the Austrian succession war. That, uh, well, Austria had the reason why the Austrian succession war happened would still happen in this scenario because Maria, I guarantee you, Maria Theresa is not going to be not born because the Great Northern War went one one way rather than another way. So the, the Austrian succession war still happens, and I do think that I think Austria would invade Poland because of the fact that Sweden, what are they going to do about it? They're a thousand kilometers away. I believe I'm just I'm just guesstimating a thousand kilometers away. I don't know exactly, but they're pretty far away from the Austrian and Polish border. What are they going to do? So I do think in this scenario, Poland was going to lose some land. In in this case, in scenario during the Austrian Succession War, because the same motive still happened with it. And then, if you want to add on to anything else about that, I'm I'm more than happy to debate with you on that. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And another thing is, the HRE was actually like kind of unhappy with sweden meddling with their affairs and austria is a part of the hre so they could rally the hre or something like that against sweden no that's not that's partially my point right there that's partially my point right there but i'm also looking at the fact that if we look at the alliance system for example prussia prussia and britain france and austria as you can tell <laughs> you know britain's you know britain's going to support the the Prussians, and then also in this case, for example, Britain has been known to be the the mediator of affairs on the European continent. For example, as you know throughout history, for like we can go right to the Seven Years' War, where Prussia was about to get absolutely destroyed by Russia, Austria, and France, and then Britain stepped in and said, "Nah, bro, it's not going to happen." And then we look at actually, if you want to look at World War One, for example, Germany could have easily crushed France. I don't think there's anybody that could doubt that. Also, Belgium, we have to reference Belgium as well here. I do think that Britain's going to side with Sweden and Prussia. I do believe that Britain's going to side with Sweden and Prussia in this case. But basically, Britain's like they side with whoever they who whoever. Yes, maintain that's, the I power don't know, that's, that's, that's basically consistent throughout the entirety of British history. If you look at it, for yeah. example, like if we look at the Napoleonic Wars, though, Napoleon Napoleon was absolutely smashing everybody, and <clears throat> and the British were constant throwing their side. And over time, they started to wear them down. And we also have to look at the we also have to look at the fact that, <clears throat> like I said before, it was an interesting fact here. I know I'm going off a little bit of a tangent that uh that Winston Churchill's I believe he was a relative of Winston Churchill actually as a matter of fact was actually a big part of it. But like the Austrian Succession War, I mean, I believe was it Austrian Succession or was it Fr French Succession? I don't remember. Whatever. Yeah, definitely. You brought up a good point about Britain throughout history. That's my bad for not considering that. But I mean. That's true. Austria is definitely a threat. Um, for, let you, let's talk about Russia and the future of it, because that is a big one affected by this war. So with Russia, I do feel like Russia is going to be in a much worse place in this scenario because of the fact that, number one, Sweden's definitely going to take stuff from them. Because, they're number one, they won't get St. Petersburg, which which was actually literally made as a, a modern European city for at the time period by Tsar Peter I. You know, a little bit of nepotism there. And moving on, we have to also look at the fact that, like I said, mentioned before, Tsar Peter the First put in tons of play, tons of uh, reformists for Tsarist Russia that basically allowed it to progress into modern, to the modern age. For example, I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a beer tax actually that I believe Tsar Peter the First instituted. So that really, that so that really shows how for how serious uh, Tsar Peter was about his reforms. And like I said, though, otherwise, uh, 
I think Russia's in a much worse place. I don't think there's anything that's going to change that. Because if Tsar Peter the First didn't reform Russia, I don't think a lot of people would. Maybe nobody would. Not the way Tsar Peter would. I'm just going to say that even though uh, Tsar uh, Peter uh, tried to make reforms, like everything to make a modern empire, including the army, Sweden still like destroyed uh, Russia in like, early battles of the Great Northern War because... They were still not that modern. Like Sweden was like way better based on like military tactics and like modern army. Like, well, yeah, you're not wrong because of the fact that Sweden probably has been consistently involved in major wars in Europe for about the past, I believe, maybe hundred years or so. For example, probably the one of the most well-known warrior kings in Swedish history, Gustavus Adolphus, died actually during the Thirty Years' War, which was the conflict between I believe that if I'm right, it was the, it was the Catholics and the Rome, the, the Catholics, the Catholics and the Protestants in europe if i'm correct about that i'm not correct I'm, i don't know if i'm precise about that but yeah he died in basically one of the most major battles of that war and so like that's an ex- and i'm just mentioning that they've been involved in a lot of different things and also russia was conservative during the time period like <clears throat> more conservative in terms of trying to consolidate because of uh, this thing called the time of troubles in russian history which was a, a period of anarchy that actually happened from 1598 to 1613 and it's important to note this because of the fact that russia wasn't really involved in wars after that really just consolidating their own territory and then eventually invading like you know like a uh, horde nations i don't remember, i don't know what the, the exact term for them is but basically so basically the reason why they were like that is because of the fact that because of the time of the troubles and whatever there's a whenever there's like a really bad situation that happens to a country they can either go towards an expansionist route which they partially did or they can go into into a more conservative route when this case which i believe russia took and another example of this, what happened is that with Ming, for example, the re- the reason why we didn't see a Chinese America is because of the fact that Ming was a very social, was a very conservative country, was a very conservative country. They didn't really want to expand outwards; they rather want they wanted to keep themselves inwards. But now let's move on to the Seven Years' War. So in our t- in our timeline, Britain only really took a French colony throughout North America and throughout the world. Now, if they could get a better terms with Sweden on their side. I don't think they take from French mainland, but I think they would take more of the French's France overseas possessions. And I think Sweden would nab at a few colonies too. Sweden would become a colonial power. Colonies were them left to nab at. Or like Louisiana? That's Spanish. We have the Caribbean islands. I'm pretty sure the Sweden, I think, had like uh, one, one at most, I believe. I don't remember. They might have had none at the time, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like. It could also work out because of the fact that like that Sweden's actually to have I forgot the, we forgot to mention this actually as a result of the Seven Years, no, the Louisiana, seven years War. Louisiana Louisiana was Spanish because of the Seven Years War. Exactly. So the why British would Sweden why would Sweden get the Louisiana? Well, because the the only reason the British gave it to Spain is because they wanted to make Spain happy. Spain fought on the French side. Yeah, so. But I'm saying now if the British can get better terms with Sweden, they might not need to appease Spain. Yeah, so why would they give them Louisiana? That's really right. That's literally right next to them. They, when they could just take it themselves. You do realize t- that you do realize the thing that Sweden would probably want would probably be the return of Galicia, Florida. which would be the territory in which oh. Austria would take. It wouldn't be nothing to do with colonies. It'd be everything to do with Galicia as a return to uh, Poland, Lithuania. I, I still think Sweden will take some French colonies somewhere. Maybe I don't think like they will. And also, we have to, and also, I think we have to mention that in this scenario, that all all the sides, like in terms of the sides of that, would be involved. Would literally just be Sweden added, Sweden being added as a major player to the British side. Everything else stays the same, and uh, that's just. You don't really, think the terms that change? No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the terms. I'm talking about like the setup for it. I mean, oh, like the battles and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit of the battles. Not really, not really, but like you know what I mean in terms of like the battles in terms of like a uh, Russia, for example. Yeah, like, I got you. Like the end result would be the same. And this notice, the players would be the same. The players, like the people involved in it. Oh, the countries like involved other, in it. I mean. Other than Sweden being a bigger. The board. terms would be. I think the terms would relatively be the same for France in this scenario. They would take back the if they were to take back any colonies, they'd probably take back the Danish Gold Coast, which the Danish took from them, like I believe I don't know how many years ago back the how many years ago it was at that point of time, but I think that's like the only colonies they would probably take. But otherwise though, I feel like it would only be a return to uh borders, for example, like Galicia. And I with Russia, I don't think I think they'd probably just expand a little bit more. Cause at that point in time they can they really had to consolidate because really at really when when we look at it only 10% of ethics, ethics, we don't mean like people identify as Swedes in terms of like nationality. I mean like ethnically, like ethnic Swedes, the less than 10% of ethnic Swedes would live after the great, like would be part of the Swedish empire after the great Northern war. So I think they would probably be more conservative during that time, trying to like consolidate their power and stuff like that, which uh, is pretty, it's pretty interesting still, but getting back on to the track, uh, I don't think Russia. I think Russia will just lose some territory both to the Polish-Lithuanian puppet, which at this point would probably be expand to its even greater territory like than it was, and then uh, Sweden would also expand a little bit more. Poland would also be returned. Uh, Poland would also be returned the Galicia territory, and otherwise, no. I, I do agree with your point that they might take some colonies, but you're you're on the wrong track here. I think they probably would take some African colonies at most. See. That's yeah, that's a good point. But one thing, I don't know if Russia would join this war actually, because Russia joined the Seven Years' War. No, they would. They, they were. They capable. would. They would. They're trying to get back. They would try to get back at Sweden at this point. It's been about. It's been about three. It's been about two to three generations at this point. I think they're ready for a rematch. It only took Germany one generation to get back. I feel like uh, they would probably. I think like they'd get back at them for sure. I think it's inevitability. Yeah, yeah. Fair point. Fair point. I mean, me personally, I don't agree, but I mean. At the end of the day, this is just a debate, right? There is no winners or losers. Well, Sweden's the winner here. All right, moving forward, we're going to talk about this alternate scenario, Napoleonic Wars. So basically, in my opinion, that uh, the French Revolution will still happen no matter what, especially in this scenario of the Seven Years' War. So I still think that Napoleon has a chance to get into power, even though this is an alternate scenario. And Napoleon... Napoleon can go crazy like in our reality as much as in this scenario. Like he just starts like invading the Holy Roman Empire, Italy, and going all the way into like Russian territory. So in this scenario, obviously Sweden is gonna help Britain and is probably gonna like allies with Britain to stop like Napoleon because of course Napoleon is trying to threaten all of Europe and Sweden doesn't like that because Sweden is a great power. What interests me, because Russia is going to be very weak in this scenario, how uh, my uh, other two uh, co-hosts said. So even though like the winter happens and like delays Napoleon's armies, I want to see if Russia can hold back Napoleon. I think Napoleon can still have a chance to go all the way to Moscow. You never know. So you're saying that the French army is going to go through all the Swedish land in between to get to the Russian heartland. 
No, I think that no, I think what Ted is trying to say that they go through the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth because yes. at this point in time, what the, what, the, I mean, what yeah, are they going to do? Supposed to send reinforcements because it's their I, yeah, but I, what, they're a thousand I, kilometers I, away. I thought, like I, I, thought, said, I made okay, that point. Okay. With. I thought I didn't need to elaborate that, but if I need to, I no, can... no, no, I understand. I don't think he understands. It's a they're a thousand kilometers away. It's not they don't have railroads even. They don't have even yeah. they don't even have railroads in 1814. No. True, true. They, okay. they can't they're, just. They're not going to go to like through. Yeah. I disagree with you, Rohan. I know what you're talking about, that they're go- ha- they have to go through the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. First of all, they're a puppet state, so they won't get as much reinforcements as mainland. And by the time Napoleon gets there, Sweden won't can't send as much of its soldiers to like reinforce the borders and stuff. It's not like Napoleon is going through the Swedish capital. They're going through... A puppet state so i still think they're gonna crush the polish region but if you disagree bring into the argument i wouldn't say exactly crush but i do think in terms of conquer yes i think they put it under a french sphere and this also gives a side effect that poland Lithuania, with with sweden winning the war would actually wouldn't have any of the partitions that would happen i don't believe it would have, have any of the partitions that happened in an actual scenario between russia and austria and prussia for the first two and then just russia and prussia for the last one and I think this is pretty big because then we would see like a modern Polish state, and then a lot more people would call themselves Polish. As a as a Polak myself, I feel a little bit proud about this scenario. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got a big fair point. I did misinterpret it slightly, but I mean, I don't think Napoleon would like conquer it, conquer it, and like occupy it for a long time. I think it's more of like he has enough for supply lines to get to Russia, but it's not. He's like his goal isn't obviously to conquer Poland. His goal is to conquer Russia. No, he wouldn't. No, he, like we said, he no. But like Ted, I believe, was trying to say he would instill a, a puppet state, like he did with like every other country. Uh, he invaded in his own way. Because that way, he doesn't have to directly manage it and occupy it for any resistance or whatnot. I mean, yeah, I think that's it now. Because if we start going further into history now, I think at that point it just becomes too unpredictable because the butterfly effect picks in because. You know, any change in the war in the world can change. So it's really difficult to realistically predict, even near history like we're doing. But then, and once we start, well, Rohan, I do agree with you on that fact because, uh, like you said before, the butterfly effect in this case and scenario will probably take place at the Napoleonic War because that changes a whole lot of things about the Treaty of Vienna in 1815. But, but the first 100 years or so, talking about the Austrian, the Austrian succession, the Seven Years' War, and even the Napoleonic Wars, what still happened, a little bit altered, but still would happen in their own way because of the fact that none of the events that really like took place really affect none of the, the none of the events that really took place during the Great Northern War affected like the French Revolution, for example, the succession of Maria Theresa to the Austrian throne, or even the beginnings of the Seven Years' War. It was on an entirely different continent.